This is a Think Live Be production. But no, remember when we went to like, you know, how our brokerage does the New Year's in October thing. Yes. So remember in 2019, we went to the New Year's in October celebration and it's to like plan and set goals for the new year. Yep. And the whole theme was like 2020 vision. Okay. Yes. Remember, yes. remember yes. all that? And um, everybody was super excited about the new year and plan goal setting and planning. And we have this vision for the future and all of that. And then 2020 happened and everyone was like, well, that didn't happen <laughs> the way we planned it. And now all of a sudden, somehow it's almost 2022. I don't know. I have said this to like many people and maybe even on the podcast, but doesn't it feel like last year just didn't happen? Not that it didn't happen. Like you remember. It just fuzzes 2020, in. But it's as if 2020 and 2021 were one solid year. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it feel that way? Because when I think of January, I think of January 2020. Yeah. And not 2021. I, didn't we just start doing this podcast? Exactly. That's why I was so like, whoo, when we were at 100. Yeah. And how did we? How did this happen? I don't know. lost a full year of life and I've got gray hairs now. But I mean, a lot I don't know still where those happened. We, we didn't sleep in real estate. We didn't sleep in our own We didn't lives. sleep in real estate? No. No, I think we just kept trucking along. But I just, it's it's so, so funny to think about like how how quickly time goes in in the future and all that stuff. Um, I don't know where I'm going with any of that. But 2022 I, is going to be the longest year ever. 2022, well, or the shortest. Maybe. It'll feel the shortest if because this just felt like one year and, and it was actually two. Um, did you see the telescope launch that happened recently? Mm-mm. So this telescope, it's called the James Webb. James Webb telescope went up in the air. And what do you have to do to get named? For a telescope, get oh, the name of a telescope. Probably come up with the idea. Mm, okay, he's okay. <laughs> so that, sorry, I don't know why that just made me think. Before we started recording, Kayla was talking about how she wanted to be like Confucius <laughs> for some reason, and I was like, "You want to be a philosopher?" And now, whatever you were just saying made me think of the Seinfeld episode where he wants to. Um, be the manager for the Yankees. And it's like, you don't have the qualifications for that. You can't just get a telescope named after yourself. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, this this telescope just went up in the air. And, and James Webb is uh, ran NASA in February of 1961 to October of 1968. So oh, that's what you have to do. So <laughs> become the head of NASA. Got it. Check. <laughs> and... What was crazy about the story was, of course, I, Pat and I always look at these like science articles. I think it's really interesting to think about space and time and all that stuff. And we're, I was reading the article and they started working on this in the 90s. 97, I think. Holy cow. Crazy? Like, 90, 97 was like, let's come up with this idea of this is what we're going to do post Hubble telescope. 20 years. They have to carry more. More 20 than. something years. Well, was it 97? Yeah. Ninety seven. <laughs> yeah. Ninety seven is when they kind of twenty four years. <laughs> got started in the development and idea of we're gonna do this big ass telescope with all the new technology we have, because Hubble had no no technology and it was supposed to die a long time ago and it didn't. It just kept kept well, going and stuff. But they were expecting Hubble to go out, so they were like, Okay, well let's go ahead and build this 
this new telescope with new technology that can see even further out and Hubble kept going and they're like, okay, well maybe let's, let's reconsider. Let's not try to get this up as quick as possible. Let's, let's do this the right way and take our time. So it went through like a series of different developers from Lockheed Martin to, to, and then it got passed along to another one, to another one. And finally this last company has had it for a while and they've been building and building and, and they've launched it this past week. That's so cool. And all, and so I was reading it and obviously what comes to mind is like how far it's traveling. I think it was it four times the, the, it can see four times the distance or it's going four times the distance. Do you remember? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure in comparison to, to yeah, in comparison to it, I'm not sure, but, um, well, I, I guess what was, what I mean by that though, is I was just thinking, so somebody had the, the vision and thought about the future and how the that they could start something in the 90s and that it would take 24 years to complete and maybe they didn't know it would take 24 years to complete maybe that's just how long it but took they but they stuck through it they stuck through it imagine the amount of money that was invested and all of that going on and the risk that they launch that thing and it breaks like the minute it gets in the air jeez and billions of dollars out the window and yet somebody has the vision to put that together and keep it going um, and get others to and get others team up to, with him to yeah. make it happen. Isn't that crazy? It that is so crazy. It costs about ten billion dollars. Oh ten billion dollars, and like it could have just launched up the other day and hmm. burned hmm. into oblivion. I mean, it still can. So hold your breath. Yeah, well, that is that's true. It can at any time. Anything can happen. Well, so I don't know. That just was kind of <laughs> made me think about how much. You know, like I know personally and and we do like you hold back out of a fear of risk, you know, Mm -hmm. or fear that something's not going to work. So why even bother trying it? And then there's people out there doing this and it makes you feel really small and insignificant. Um, And like, wow, I wish I had the vision of like, you know, what's going to what's what are things going to be like in 24 years? And I'm lucky like I do enjoy thinking about the future and I can visualize things in the future pretty clearly. But it just it when it comes to the next step of like let's implement these things is where things get hung up a little bit i think and this is sort of inspirational <laughs> no, it that is. 24 years and how many people and billions of dollars um and then what all that's going to produce yeah over the next 20 years or 30 years oh yeah it's gonna be insane what what that's gonna do for our lives and ex- explaining the universe well uh, what i was explaining the Kayla, you'll like this. They, um, you know, it's looking, it's looking deep into deep space and just like any, I'm not a scientist and this isn't radio lab, but, um, when you're looking at the sun, that light that's hitting the earth that you're seeing with your eye left seven minutes ago. Yeah. Right. So when you're looking in a telescope like this, that's looking, however many millions of light years away, this is seeing, 50 million light years away. So it's seeing 50 million years ago, the light that's hitting that telescope left those stars 50 million years ago. So those stars could all be burned out by now. We wouldn't know we're because seeing into we're, the past. Se- we're seeing into the past. So crazy? what they're doing is they're <laughs> actually, wrap your mind you're, so those telescopes are seeing 50 million years after the big bang into the past. That's what this telescope will do. So there, it's it's almost it's interesting when you really start to wrap your brain around what they're looking at. 
it's um it's pretty amazing. Yes. So if they can get a mirror into space and then reflect it back to Earth, they can potentially see dinosaurs. No. Okay. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, so obviously we're not scientists. <laughs> um <laughs> I like marine biology. <laughs> that one was my it in school. <laughs> but this is fascinating. It's cool. Yeah. And they spend all that time researching and developing and uh, not really having any immediate results, but still working through what's needed. That's the thing. To launch like, it, like you don't know what you're really working on. I think. I mean, you sort of you do. You, you do. Like, you, you have a few, and you know what you're working on, like because you are visualizing the future and what this can do. Um, it's a really, it's, but yeah, there's got to be like a powerful one passion behind well, and all it, the energy you're putting in. Right. It, it, it's like you everybody works on their own little thing. Everyone has their own. It's not like there's, you know, there's thousands of people working on this. And if you want to relate that to, to real estate, it's like you can have a vision for what you want to have happen. You can't plan everything down to the last second because there's other people involved. There's things that are unpredictable that happen, all of those things, but you can guide it in a direction. But what's important is to know what is the end goal. The end goal is to get this telescope, whatever it is, whatever it happens to be up in the air. Right. So you can have your, you, you can have your goals and you can kind of aim your goals towards what you want at the end of the day, whether that be, I want to have a hundred units sold this year, or I want to hire three people. I want to hire my first assistant. You can, you, but if you don't set those goals, if you don't cast the vision, then it's not going to happen. So not that we're trying to compare uh, selling no. houses to learning the secrets of no. the universe. <laughs> it's an, it's, no, but it, it's, a, it, but it's, 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 it is analogy. Well, and it, and it's, and it's good. What would you call it? You said it's inspiration. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a good, it's, insp- it's a good inspiration. I think we, we talked about when, um, what was the shuttle that launched the SpaceX shuttle? SpaceX. I think we talked about in a podcast there. It's inspirational to think about the team of people that it takes to do something so massive. And so this one sort of struck a chord too. that, oh my gosh, not only was the amount of money and people, but the time that they've been working on this thing to get it out there. It's easy to say, oh, they've been working on it since the 90s. But then think about that, like what we just talked about, like every day, like somebody went into an office, thousands of people, different offices around the world went in and they worked on something and then maybe left the project 10 years in. Yeah. And somebody else took over and they and it's like and they dedicate it's like that's crazy to spend that much time dedicated to that. And there's all sorts of things throughout history where this has been the case and stuff. But this is the most uh, recent where you can really kind of uh, put your finger on it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this made me think about vision, which is people talk about all the time. It's almost like almost to the point of it's cliche to say, like, what's your vision statement? Um, with regards to business and and corporate speak, you know, like what's your mission, vision, values, beliefs, perspective? I think they're all very valuable to have. Don't get me wrong. But I think we don't really know most of the time in your career, you don't really know what your vision is unless you've really sat down and thought it out. You just kind of are saying, well, I want to sell a lot of houses. Like that's my vision for the future. I know what I like. Yeah. You know what you know at that I know, time. I, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. So my vision is what I like. And it's like, and that's, it is a, it is a weird internal kind of, 
I'm going to ask philosophical sort of question. I'm going to ask myself what I think, what my vision is, and then force myself to answer it, whether it's out loud or written down. Yeah. That's, well, and sometimes that, it can sound so vague that it's, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you aren't able to clearly visualize it in your brain, then it's harder to articulate it to others. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And, and don't you think that the, by practicing and doing it over and over again, it gets easier. Like I, I think that one of the things that has made it easier for you to tell team members about what the vision of the team is, is this podcast. Now, we don't want every listener that we have to go start a podcast that would be competing with us. Don't do that. (laughs) But I can tell you that by coming on the air once a week, every week, and talking about real estate and talking about the vision of your team and all of those things, um, that it, it, it becomes much more of a, uh, well-rounded idea that's easier to explain every time you do it. Yeah. And then you can execute from that. Well, so I think one of the things that helped me, um, because again, I always, I like planning and I like looking into the future and planning that out. That's fun to me. (laughs) It may not be fun for a lot of people. Um, it may be weird that I sit on my back porch and plan like at least once a week. It is. It is. And, but that's what. For hours too, guys. Not like, five, <laughs> not, she doesn't go out there for like five minutes. She's for hours and hours with so, notebooks, wait, calculating I... and planning and calculating and planning. Do you at least use your remarkable book so that it's no. long? Oh my Some... goodness. I, I don't know where that is right now. <laughs> but listen. This, this let me just let me just go off tangent or go on tangent on a tangent mm-hmm. let's do that for a second this past weekend on sunday i think it was so this is you know the holiday weekend and i was like oh, i'm gonna use this morning to um to like clean the house you know and kind of get things back in order because things were a little bit chaotic over as, the holiday, as i was doing as you were doing right then i was like but i'm just gonna spend like 30 minutes and i'm just gonna plan said, out my week and i said quick. mm-hmm <laughs> and, and I was out there till like one o'clock. It was later than one. And it wasn't just planning out my week. That's the thing. Like I get into it and then I'm like, well, what else do I need to do for the year? And then what about five years from now, 10 years from now? And I'm thinking about like way into the future and I enjoy doing that. But I don't know that everyone does um, or or even a lot of people do. So, but that's what vision is, is like imagining imagining the future and what does that look like for maybe your personal life, your um, your business, uh, maybe just the future of real estate itself. Like, how will that change? And then, um, uh, sorry, Kayla was giving me a weird I th- look. I thought I heard my phone going off. I'm sorry. Uh, did, did you want to donate to KW Cares? No. Chip did you when the phone goes off in a class? Um <laughs> So anyways, so thinking, thinking into the future, looking into the future, that's what vision is. And so if you're, if you're not sure if you like doing that, I mean, obviously sit down and practice and think things through. But what I found really helpful was taking strength finders. Um, We've talked about that before. The strength finders assessment is like, it's something you can take online and there's a little book that goes along with it. And it tells you what your top five strengths are. And one of mine is futuristic. And I was like, oh, no surprise there. Like, yep. I like to plan and look into the future. Um, and 
but what it's 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 really useful though because it tells you how to use that in your work and how to sort of schedule time for it because if it's one of your strengths then you'll actually be more productive if you make sure that you have time to do that work mm-hmm. that's your best kind of work so I, re- I would recommend like starting there and taking the strength finders and see if that's one of your your strengths and even if it's not then get the little book that goes along with it and kind of read through the tools and see Number one, what your strengths are. That's just useful information. But then also look at the futuristic one and see how you can maybe practice that a little bit and just get better with thinking and planning like years in advance and really thinking that through. Right. And what does that look like for your real estate business in 20 years? Yeah. Instead of because it, it when you start to, I think by having that plan 20 years in the future, and by sitting down and writing that, does that mean that, okay, it's written down. This is your plan now. Yeah. It doesn't really mean that. It's just an exercise to kind of think really big, like really big. What could this be? And then and then you kind of work your way backwards and follow the, the steps and everything like that. That mean, doesn't mean that you can't change it as you go. It's just a really good exercise to kind of, I can totally see that as like a way to to expand what you're doing so you don't just get trapped in with like a, oh, what's the word, right word like like, a kind, ceiling. like yeah like or like I'm thinking like like tunnel vision yeah. or like with blinders on or something where you're just doing day to day and it's like you miss because, opportunities well and when I don't know I mean I would feel like after a while that would kind of get I don't know like I could really see myself getting stagnant and bored mm-hmm. and and frustrated and upset. And why am I even doing this? What is the point of all of this? Why don't I? I should just find something else. And I hate these people. Like you could you could run down these <laughs> whole these these pathways really easy. But if I think maybe by by kind of sitting down periodically and writing this vision out it and how much does you. it change? Yeah, yeah. And I know like for I know this is different. But but maybe kind of falls in the same category that I know when you take like bold, which we've talked about on here before that you write a letter to yourself. Mm, Yeah. Right. About kind of kind of like of where I want to be like those and the short term, like next year or in two years or whatever. And you send this letter. Is that what happens? Or they keep it and then they send it to you or something like that. They they send it to you. Right. So after the time so that you can kind of get it a year and you're like, Oh, I forgot about this and stuff and kind of see where you're at and stuff like that. They're just exercises. That letter isn't to be sent to you so that you go, yeah, see, you're a loser. You didn't do anything (laughs) that you said you were going to write, but it's, it's what, what that writing the letter or writing your vision is what sparks stuff today. It's not about 20 years from now. Well, even right? in bold and this, that's how I would, that's how I kind of would feel about it anyway, if I was doing it. This is about to get really personal, <laughs> but I will share. Um, the, one of the bold classes, there's another exercise where they, they literally make you close your eyes and envision, and they kind of walk you through this. And it's kind of, I don't know, like these exercises sometimes sound ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. But like you close your eyes and they start telling you to walk down a path and then imagine yourself like in whatever next year or 10 years or whatever they tell you, you know, imagine yourself and what are you wearing? What do you look like? Um, What are you feeling? What are you um, driving? (laughs) Whatever, you know, like what, what are those things that those emotions that you have? And, And the reason I said it's about to get really personal is because I remember this was like, I was taking bold around the time that my mom was sick. And, um, 
oh, let's see if I can do this without crying because I just got emotional. Uh, and I remember I was imagining myself and like they said something like, you know, how are you feeling? And I I just remember kind of thinking to myself, um, you know, that that everything was fine. And wow, I shouldn't have gone down this <laughs> Remove your <laughs> remove remove yourself emotionally from the conversation. I should not have told this story. Um. Remove yourself emotionally from the conversation. This is way too personal. Tell it like it's somebody else's somebody else's story. But anyways, um, it made me like envision the future. Mm-hmm. And even though that was a really sad and terrible time, that I I um, imagined myself, you know, like living through it, and yeah. that everything was okay. Right. <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) You want to take a break? Sure. All right, let's take a break. And we're back. Yeah, so on to happier thoughts. Um, So I encourage people to think about the vision for the future and just literally sit down and think about where you want to be. And I do think it's helpful to think about like the industry itself and where where are things going that's being a futuristic person like imagine if you could be one of those people who like thought about something before anybody else <laughs> like what's the next big opportunity what's the next big thing in real estate you, Kayla you got one not for real estate no. but I, I went ahead and uh, I bought some tubing and you know, on the sink, you have the little pump for the soap dispensers. Well, I got tubing long enough to feed to the bottom and I put it into the refill bucket of the soap. So I'm not refilling the little bottle you screw up to it. So, so you invented <clears throat> something? That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if there was like a futuristic need for a soap dispenser that <laughs> refilled itself, then I would be like, cool. But that's just an invention. <laughs> but it's an invention that I haven't seen in the stores. So I was really proud of it. I only thought of it last night. So that's why it's top of my right now. <laughs> I don't just hold on to that. And well, now you have a it. prototype. So that's <laughs> you can sell that. Um, but anyways. Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. But so. I was listening to something this year, in fact, and I, I think it was maybe like a um, mastermind thing or something, and, and they had a, a guest speaker, and she was kind of saying, like, remember when you were a kid and you said you were into marine biology? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so was I. I think that's just like a kid <laughs> thing. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I was in high school. <laughs> okay, I was like a little kid when um, Free Willy was a thing, that movie. Uh-huh. And um, But anyways, when you're a kid, it's so much easier. You have such a bigger imagination, and so you think of, like, these wild ideas ideas like I'm going to be a marine biologist and I'm going to save a whale on the side of the ocean one yeah. day. It's not happening two years from now also <laughs> right. like like when you're a grown up or it's like all of a sudden you've you've got way less time and you can wrap your brain around how many years of school that's going to take and right. what that actually is and it's like nah I don't want to do that. Right but if you can imagine if you can just sort of put yourself in the mindset of being a kid and not having any responsibility or um, not having any uh, what's the word like bound- life experience? No, no, no. But that too. Uh, no, like boundaries. No, oh, yeah. Li- no limits. Responsibilities, boundaries. Yeah. No yeah. limits. Right. To whatever your imagination. So start thinking with, about your vision for for yourself or your business and without limits. Like where would it go if you had no limits? And then they some also- of the most successful people out there have created their businesses created by doing just that mm-hmm. not having a limit on where right it's like well why can't i do that 
why can't I build a rocket? Yeah, well, it's almost like right? those people, like, those people um, that ha- that 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 you think of, like the Elon Musk guy, for right. example, is because he doesn't ask questions like, you know, well, how would I do that? He just yeah. goes and does it. Yeah. yeah, or maybe he does ask how how would I do that? Whereas the rest of us are like, I don't think that can be done. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a different mindset. But if you can, Im- for, for a little bit of time, remove your limits and and just think about as big as you can go, as, as long as you can think of, and what all that is and write it down, then you'll be on the right path to a vision. And the other thing they talked about in that particular thing I was listening to was that um, it also helps sometimes, and Pat, you were kind of describing this, is to actually just write down different visions because sometimes that's the problem is that people people have a hard time coming up with the concrete vision for their future like like okay I want to be here in 10 years like right. from start to finish what we're not talking about is we're not talking about a business plan right, that right. when we're talking about vision we're just talking about ideas like where would you want to be yeah. what would make you happy where w- like big ideas like big things like what would that be not little things, big, huge things. And that's, it's it's an exercise. This is all an exercise. That's why it can change whenever you want it to change. Well, and they were suggesting like, because most people don't um, have this skill to, to be futuristic and, and look into the future is to just do it a couple different times and actually have different visions for themselves. And that's just a good exercise to do. And then as you as you figure out how to do it and how to think more clearly and see it more clearly, then you can fine tune it to like, well, of these things that I wrote down, what what is most important here? We actually, I think there was an exercise we did recently mm-hmm. as a team yep. that was pretty much the, what I'm describing. Yeah, you had us kind that. of think, um, write out what our 10 year looked like. Like yeah, and by the way, everybody everything. was on vacation all the time. Yeah, and I was like, what? I, I heard about that. <laughs> Who's working? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, but seriously, trips were of- important to us. That was a common factor. <laughs> well, make sure you make sure everything's covered. Yeah, yes. before you guys go. Um, but but the point is, is that yeah, like you you wrote down a bunch of different things and then like narrowed it down, right? Okay, of all of this stuff without limits, everywhere we could go in the future, everything we could do, what's most important on this list? And then you just kind of are able to work down to a more clear vision of what's important and that's a good place to start. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's going to change over time. And then it helps you break down timelines for a lot of those things too. Like I think that for for me personally like for my for my business vision it has changed because number number one me <laughs> well well just pe- i came in and messed it up <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean it changes because you're a different person like i'm a different person today than i was 15 years ago mm-hmm. um it changes because yeah people you're around but it also then what i was getting at is that i don't um like get, I don't have joy from certain parts of the job that I used to. And so I've realized more as I've gotten older and as I've done more things, what I enjoy and what I want to make more of a um, a focus for my role. And that means that the vision has to change because other people have to come into the organization to do other things. So it's and and that's normal. That's natural. It should change. I don't think that there's anyone that has like the people that started making this uh, telescope that we were talking about in 1997. It might have looked 
completely different, had a completely different purpose (laughs) other than like exploring the universe. Um, and, and from what it is today, but the point is, is that they had the, the, um, the, the future vision that this was an important task to work on and they kept doing it, investing their time, um, and building other team members to do it with them. So that that's kind of like, to me, when I think about vision is just thinking about if you had no limits, what would your organization look like? And then sort of fine tuning it from there. Um, and then if you lead others and if it is an organization, it's not just you as a single agent, then you have to be able to articulate it. And I know that I've struggled with that because I'm not a, sh- I'm not a, what, what was I going to say? I'm, I'm an internal person. You're a private person. I'm a yeah. private person. I'm a private person. So private that we have a podcast. And- it's only because I don't know that these people are li- really listening. Right. <laughs> I know there's listeners. But you can't see them I can't see them. So I don't know what they're up to. Um, no, but I'm, I am. I'm, I'm more of a private person, more of a loner. I, inter- like I internalize my thoughts. I could sit around all day in silence and just be thinking. Yeah, you don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You, we've talked about on this podcast before about how you have this uncanny ability to let other agents or clients vent, and you can sit there and not be defensive or, or create excuses, or you can just sit there and let them talk until they wear themselves out <laughs> and stuff. And you, but you're internalizing and you're, you're whole, it's not like you're not having an emotional response to any of those things, but you're, you keep it all kind of under wraps. I've got Very the patience composed. of a saint. Okay. There's patience and then there's patience. You've got one of the two. <laughs> I tell you what today was an exercise in patience uh, anyways <laughs> i won't say anything else um <laughs> no, she's very composed and she internalizes and holds things together and then she goes into her little suicide notebook her little mastermind notebook suicide notebook i didn't mean i meant um seven serial killer oh notebook. seven that's what i meant to say <laughs> those seven. are all bad names for this <laughs> i have a notebook that i write notes in but like i have bad hand- handwriting and it's just a bunch of scribbles <laughs> and so pat says that it's a seven notebook and which what it was <laughs> sounds bad um but anyways so yes yeah, so it, it that's one more thing that you then have to learn to practice like if you start to learn how to have have a vision and think about the future and think about big things then and you can write them all down then how do you express those to other people and learning how to do that is something I'll share with you when I figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like anything else. It's it's really difficult to do. And the more you do it, the more you practice and the more you understand it, the easier it gets to explain. And what's also harder is that because there's other people involved, everybody has their own vision, their own version their own of a pers- vision. Their own personal vision. And how do you get your vision to align with their vision so that we're all a team in it as well? Well, it's not that's not how it works. I don't think. I think what it is, is is you have your own vision for the company. Catherine has mm-hmm. her vision for the company. Everybody who, in this particular case, or on any team, every individual has their own vision. Yeah. And then it's up to those individuals who are on the team to figure out how their vision can be achieved with Catherine's vision. Yeah. Or with the team leader's vision. It's not up for the it's not up to the team leader or whoever runs the team to change their vision. 
so that it benefits the the, the, others. the, yeah. the others. They need to figure out how their vision is going to work in the confines of the vision of the team. Yeah. Well, it's you kind see what of, I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. It's, I went yeah. backwards. You yeah. went the right way. Right. It's kind of like, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, we, we've we been watching Top Shelf. <laughs> and, I started uh, watching that. I can't. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but we've been watching episodes of this and what a chef, an executive chef does um, is basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Implements the vision of the owner of the restaurant. Right. Uh, what, whatever, all the way down to the way I want this little piece of butter folded into a rose on top of this platter. Um, every little piece of the, whoever owned the restaurant or conceptualized it and came up with all the ideas the, but the chefs might have their own little... Their own style, their own, own vision. Their yeah, own and thing. they might come to the the owner of the restaurant and say, hey, I've got this great new dish I wanted to share with you. I think it would fit in with our menu. And you might collaborate with them on that. But ultimately, that sh- that owner, whoever is, is in charge, and maybe it's the chef themselves. That's always the best restaurant. Those are the best restaurants where the chef owns it too. Um, they are always going to say, well, I, I, I like that idea. Um, and I think you should do it this way and tweak it a little bit so that it fits with the overall vision that they have, because that entire vision that, that created that restaurant is up here and I'm pointing at my brain and they've done their best to conceptualize it to tables and linens and platter or plates and dishes and all of those things so that it comes together and creates an environment that people feel good in and have good food in. But ultimately, where am I going with this? <laughs> it's up. It's the owner's vision that is the overall story of the restaurant itself. That's, yes. that's what people see from the outside looking in is well, the owner's vision. And it's so easy. Like you can go into a restaurant and you can feel a certain way, right? The way that it's designed, the food that's being atmosphere. served to you, the mm-hmm. atmosphere. It's so easy when it's something tangible like that. Mm-hmm. It's really hard when it's a real estate business. Yeah. And I think that's where people struggle is, is that what, what is this? What is it there's I'm no, trying to explain? Right. There's no brick and mortar kind of thing that you're building there's no atmosphere that you're building there's no there's no food that's going out like in a restaurant and stuff and i real quick i think i think uh, rather than owner and chef it's more like let's just say the chef is the owner of the restaurant and you've got sous chefs and the okay. sous chefs have the uh, their ideas and the other and the people in the front of the house have their ideas but ultimately it's up to the main chef to make all the decisions and that for that vision to be executed and it's real easy as a as a a normal everyday person walking in to say, Oh, I see what the vision of this is when it, or to get a job there and see, Oh, I see that we're doing a French, we're doing a new French style of cooking here. And I can, I can see that and I understand it. What you're saying is with real estate and a real estate team and the vision of if it's, if you're a single agent with, with one assistant, or you're talking about what your vision is to potential clients, how do you, how do you explain what that is? Unless you practice explaining what that is. Yeah. How do you explain what that is unless you sit down and write out, what is my vision? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm trying to do? What is it that I'm trying to say? What is it that, what are, what's important to me and where do I want this to be in 10 years? And if you do that and you do it over and over again, like we said, change it, do it from a different direction from a different perspective. It's not about what that end thing is. It's about getting it from your brain to your mouth in a cohesive way that it makes sense to you and to anybody 
else that you would be explaining it to. Can I? Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that reminds me, and this is a little bit off topic. We're going down a rabbit hole. Mr. Rabbit, wait! No, no, no. It's a little bit off topic, but it's all kind of the same. So when I first got into real estate, somebody told me that you have to have an elevator pitch, like which yeah. is basically, I need to be able to tell you why you should work with me in the amount of time it takes me to get in an elevator and get to the next floor right. that, and get off. And it comes from being able to pitch a television show to a producer. That's yeah. where that comes from. Yeah. And so I guess I, I, I think of this the same way is like, I need to be able to, if I'm talking with people and trying to recruit them and I'm not trying to claim that I figured this out because I, I, as I said, I haven't, but I need to be able to explain just the same way that I need to be able to quickly explain my unique value proposition to a seller. If they want to like, why you should work with me, I need to be able to explain to somebody that I might want to hire or that's lo- like looking to um, join a team why they would want to work on the team mm-hmm. and what is the vision for the organization that they that, like, so they can see why would you want to be here? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to know what it is. And it's and- a show about nothing. There's your <laughs> elevator pitch. Well, why are people watching it? Because it's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think that's really important. Somebody asked me the other day in a listing appointment, they said, why are you with the company you're with? And I was like, what? No one's asked me that question before. They obviously printed out a list of some website of like questions to ask your real estate agent. Right. Anyways. That's, because, yeah, that is a weird. I'm like, <laughs> and let me just ta- say for a moment, <laughs> let me just say for a moment that um, I view like we, we are with Keller Williams. I love Keller Williams and I would not go anywhere else. Um, but I view this as like, this is my business and I've been, I've owned my own business for years. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, who, who cares about the brokerage? Yeah. You're getting like <laughs> me. me and my team. Like yeah, it's you're like working a real, with us. It's like, a let real me tell weird, you why. <laughs> it's, that's like when you hear what somebody you say, say, oh no, we've hired, we've hired a Coldwell banker agent before so we know so we don't we didn't like them so we're gonna go with with brokerage b and it's like what yeah that you just have such a well just a zero understanding and i think we started using powered by keller williams yeah we weren't the first people no but but no we no we didn't we didn't make it up yeah but i think it makes the most sense in how to explain what this thing is. Yeah. Well, and it says like, we're a boutique sound perversion with the power uh, or the power. resources of a, uh, what is it? One the, of the largest. I, I thought I was just going to spiel that out, but it didn't come out. Whatever. Point is, um, that question really, uh, I, I answered it and I answered it fine, but like there was like a split second where I was like, what the what? I've never had to answer this question before. I better really quickly figure out why I'm with my company. <laughs> now, luckily, I know that internally and was able to really quickly explain that and I think articulate that to them why I value Keller Williams. Um, but it's it's the only reason I was able to do that is because I think I've said it so many times mm-hmm. over the years that it just came out naturally and I didn't have to think about it. So same thing should be for like why you should work with me, why you should work with my team, why you should work with um with our brokerage. And then when you start to hire people, why you should join our team. 
And that is the vision part. Mm-hmm. So the value proposition for a, a team or an organization is the vision that you have for the company and why would they want to be a part of that and why would they want to be working towards that with you. Coffee. Coffee. Coffee is the most important thing. Well, you have to, if if you have a bunch of people on a, on a giant sailboat <laughs> and you don't tell them where we're going and how we're going to get there. Then how do they know where to which direction to aim the sail? Yeah, right. You have to you have to be able to explain in in they have in order for them to work the best possible way they can for you. They have to know what the end game is. Now you're allowed to change that end game, of course. That's what your business planning is for. But in order for you to write your business plan, you have to have a vision for your for yourself, and of course that can change too. But that and that will in turn change your business plan you know for the what, following year. One of the things that and, and I, I don't think I'm alone. So um, I think a lot of times people maybe don't share their vision as often as they should because. You mean with the team? With the team. Yeah. And we say team. There's a lot of people Very listening different. to this. That, yeah. We're not talking about a team with 12 buyers agents and five transaction coordinators and ISAs and and your assistant. Well, you, yeah. you, you should, no matter where you are, you should have a vision for your future. And if the vision for your future involves other people working with you, working under you on a team, then you should be able to articulate that vision to them. That's the only way you're going to, you know, they talk about attracting talent and that's part of it. And that's why like, well, I was, I was, uh, I'll, I'll circle back to what I was going to say, but sometimes it can feel frustrating. I think when you're trying to hire people because you don't have the big, if you don't have a really big team already, and some, sometimes you'll look out and you'll see a real estate organization that's already like living their vision. I can't think of a better way to put it. Like you can see really clearly what they're trying to accomplish because there's 50 people on the team. But it's harder when you're a smaller team and you're growing, you're in that stage of trying to get things rolling or you're even somewhere in the middle of where you want to be. It's harder to get people to be on board with it and see it with you. Sure. Because it's it's you're having to explain it to them instead yeah. of just walking them through the office and saying, here you go. This is what, Let me have you talk to these people and they'll explain exactly what's going on here, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So... Because well, it compounds on itself as it gets bigger, then it can grow even more and grow even more and grow even more faster and stuff. But it always is harder to get through that first plateau mm-hmm. and then climb again and then get to the next plateau and then climb again. And just like that big team that's got 50, maybe that isn't their vision. Maybe their vision is to have five offices. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and it's like and it's like or they've that their vision at one point was I'm, at some point I'm going to have 50 people working here. Right. And then at, by the time there's 10, it's like now my vision is to have three offices and it's like they haven't reached their their vision. Well, but and that's kind of like, well, if you've reached it, then what do you well, do? Some, some do people are. Well, no, I mean, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, some people <laughs> no are judgment. fine with that because we say vision where it's not just about the business. It's like maybe you want to be on the beach. Maybe you want to be able to. I want to be able to take my summers off. My wife is a is a uh, a teacher and uh, she gets her summers free and I would like to take my summers free and be able to travel. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of the vision. It's not necessarily just the job. You know, of course. Right. So so you don't really know 
I know what you're saying about living the vision. I agree with you that that, that you just, you get people mean, you are always getting closer to what that original vision was. Maybe I but, okay. Let me step back a second. I mean, if you have a very and let's not I shouldn't say the word big because that makes it sound like if your vision is to you know be able to take summers off that somehow that's not a big vision that it's it's whatever you in like however big you want it to be yeah it doesn't mean like 10 offices or whatever but what i guess what i mean for, is from my standpoint if you have a big in terms of size let's put it that way if you have a big vision for where you want to go with your real estate business and you have um just the a few core people it is difficult for people to see all the way between that and the big vision. Yes. yes. But if your if your vision is like this small little thing, then that would be easier. You right. know, let's say I'm just gonna make up some numbers. Let's say you're at five people and you only want to get to ten. Like that's your that's your vision for the future. And you want ten solid people that never quit. <laughs> and um and and that's the way that it goes. Well, if you have five, then anybody else you bring in, they can really easily see the the gap. Right. And exactly where if, they're going if to be if in, you're, in right. another year. If your vision is to have three offices and to have teams of 50 and you've got five. Then it's like, well, how is all try this selling that? Happen? Yeah. Try selling that to somebody who you're trying to hire. Yeah. That's it's I'm just saying that it can it can be difficult to explain that. Because it is so big of a gap yeah. in what you're seeing. It's more to explain. It's more, yeah, I guess it's more <laughs> it's, to explain. It's a lot more to explain. And then what I was, I'll circle back to what I was saying before. Again, being a private person and like more internally thinking and having trouble articulating it, I think sometimes over the years that um, I, you, I try to figure out like why that is. And besides the, you know, being private and just not talk liking to talk to people <laughs> just kidding um but there i think a lot of people experience the fear of like if i tell somebody this crazy plan then what if it doesn't happen right that's embarrassing <laughs> right. right yeah or that you th- like they might think you're crazy like you're not going to do that and that whole thing i'm just saying i know people experience that sure no i get that and so i think though what I've learned over the years is that you just have to start saying, I don't care. Like, I don't care what, what happens. I mean, I do. It's also, it's, but, I, it's, but like, I don't, I don't care about somebody's thinking today. I only care about the end result. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I don't, I think, I think that's partially true. I think maybe some of it is not understanding the importance of sharing that vision. Of how important it is, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get into all the minutia of all of the ideas that I've got for what this could be down the road and what I would like to see because it's well, not it's not their business. Well, let me and it's like, you- and I'm not going to get into all of that because it's like it's not it's not important. Why? Why am I going to get in into well, all? Can I tell you? Can I? So- as, as time goes on, you realize it is important. Well, you think it's not important because, and I'm just being real. Like you hire somebody and you think like. They don't need to know this. Like they might not even be here. They might not even be here in six months. And I don't mean that you don't think they're doing a good job or anything. You just like you can sort of um, just feel that way as you're as you're starting to hire people. And then because there is a high turnover rate when you're first hiring. Yeah. Like I don't care how many times you take career visioning and stuff. You will make mistakes in hiring, and you will hire wrong people. People will leave, and you will get a little bit um, desensitized to that and start to think that 
like it it doesn't matter like they don't need to yeah. know my personal inner thoughts yeah but maybe that's the complete wrong way to go about it and maybe um i have no regrets about anybody no regrets for the but, people i fired <laughs> and the changes i made <laughs> but but i just mean that um you know maybe though like sharing and really sharing huge big picture thinking from the very beginning is actually what makes the difference it'll drive the right people right right and again no no regrets on anything i'm just saying don't don't be like me yeah i guess well it's like, kind don't of hide it inside it's kind of i don't know if this is exactly the same thing but when i was a kid when i was in my 20s and we all had roommate i had a bunch of roommates we all, all big group of friends and we'd all hang out and stuff i had this one friend i want to say his name on here who dated a lot of girls okay. and fell in love with every single one of them Aww. Every single one. She's the one. I'm in love. There was a time by year two or three that I was friends with this guy that I just stopped learning their names. <laughs> I was like, uh, we'll wait. If you're around in six months, then I'll have a conversation with you. But I'm not going to because I've been burned so many times. Right. Because uh, you you invest this time. You become friends with this this person. And he dumps her or they break up and that person's gone forever. And it's like, well, that was a big waste of time. Why did I invest all? So you just stop investing the time in that. And that that's how that was handled. I probably if I was in my 20s and immature making those decisions and that low stakes as well. But with this, it's almost the same thing. It's like, well, I, I sat there I hired this person. Uh, they, they loved working here. I invested all of this time. I told them the vision we were getting along, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, their old job wanted to hire them back and they quit and they disappeared. And it's like, well, how many times are you going to get burned before you're just like, eh, I'm not going to give them, they don't need to know the vision. Yeah. But, they, but that's, what, that's part of being a good business owner is not letting that happen and continuing. Well, it was, that's the, that's the, um, that's the changing point though, is like the first couple of times you have somebody, you hire somebody, they don't work out and you hire somebody again, they don't work out and like three or four and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to stop like pouring into these people and just Everything. see what happens. Yeah. And then like you get a few more and then you realize, um, like, you know what? I'm just going to do it and do it right every time I'm all in and whatever happens, happens because you realize that um, ultimately you don't have control over if people stay or go. Right. And but so you have to just, do it the same way. All you have control over is going through the process and making sure that you're finding the best people to fit within whatever your your vision and values are. Yeah, because if you don't go through the vision with you're like, I'm not doing that. That's it. They'll get some tiny piece of a vision or whatever and stuff. It's like that person could end up being your Kayla and then they don't know what the vision is because they're there. And now they're there for two years or three years and you've never really gotten into it. And and it's like, that's not you don't want that. No. Right. Because you don't then, know. Then Kayla makes her own vision. Then Kayla then creates nothing to do with. Right. That look at how that turned out. <laughs> Can I tell you, I did, uh, well, I'll just real quick say, the first year Kayla was with me, she got to go to family reunion because I had a ticket, right? And I did, I, yes. it was in California and I didn't want to fly that far. We, yes. we had like three dogs or something at the time. 20, um, 2018. One was 
diabetic and blind, <laughs> blind and, and deaf. I had inherited from my mom. So anyways, I didn't pancreatitis. I wasn't going to go and I had a, a free ticket. So I went ahead and sent her. And um, I remember she came back with like this, this whole like business plan vision drawn out. And I was like, well, that's not what I had in mind. I, I still have it. I was like, I'm going to have to straighten her out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I still have it. It wasn't too far off. It just, the numbers were super low because <laughs> I didn't know any different. I didn't know any different. No, I, like, thought, I hope we sell five houses this year. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, where was I going? I totally. Oh, you, Pat, when you were you were talking and it reminded me of the the Parks and Rec um, where he's interviewing the guy. Uh, Ron Swanson is interviewing the guy for the job. Um, and the, he says, what do you hope to get out of this job? And he's like, uh, like a week's worth of money or something like that. Yeah. So all you have control over is the process of learning about people and seeing and telling and sharing with them, like, here's, here's what the job is. Here's what the company is. Here's where we're trying to go. And then seeing if they like the sound of that and like what they, what their expectations are. And if they're like, if, if they don't seem like they're on board with what you've got planned, then they're probably not going to be a good fit. Yeah. Even if you think they, they seem like a nice person and they might be a good sales agent, if they don't fit in with that entire thing, if they're like, oh, I thought this was just like a small little company. I don't really want to be on like a huge team. Okay, well, you know, our vision is this. So maybe that's not going to work out. Right. And you want to know that now. Yeah. Like what? Because again, then that would be truly a waste of time yeah. to bring somebody on that you know isn't long term a fit for whatever the reason. Right. Then what's the what's the point? <laughs> so I don't know if I should I have some um thoughts on vision that might take us into a whole nother episode like Okay, well let's take <laughs> let's take a break and we'll discuss it during the break. Okay. Okay. All right, let's take a break. The Thinklet B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Thinklube B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Hi. Hi. I wanted to read this. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say real quick that we're, we've decided that we have a bunch of more, a bunch more stuff to say about. Oh, about vision. Yeah. That we were going to kind of hold on to and then maybe get into next week or the week after. And um, we'll see how we feel. And we see. How, yeah. We'll see how we feel. <laughs> we'll so we feel. in the meantime. The, but it was more. Can I just say that yeah. it was more about um, like. Um, the vision can mean, you know, your own personal vision for your business or your personal life, but it also is about, you know, vision for the future. Like, can you imagine real estate, the industry in 10, 20, 30 years, what will change? And so more about visionaries in our industry and just kind of some ideas that have come about in the last 10, 20 years. And what's the next decade or Two gonna two look like yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I thought it was an interesting conversation. So maybe it'll spark some ideas. R- robots, <laughs> robots. Mm-hmm. Can I replace myself with a robot? <laughs> and how much does that cost? And let's start saving for it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we'll yeah we'll save that up for another episode because we're running out of time on this one. 
but I did want to read one of my fun affirmation cards. Yeah. Do you want me to say what it is? Yeah. So Pat got me for my my stocking. We do stockings. And um, I usually stuff my own stocking because that's what my mom always did. She stuffed all of our stockings in her own, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then it wasn't until we were much older that we would start adding little things to hers. And so Pat, Pat started to add little things to mine. So he bought me this little deck of cards and it's called Affirmations at Work. No, Affirmators. Affirmators. Affirmators yeah, it's at a, Work. It's a deck of, so they're kind of funny. They're written by uh, this improv uh, actress, her name is Susie Barrett, and she's on. She's been on Comedy Bang Bang and a few other like uh, improv podcasts and stuff. And uh, she's very, very, very funny. So I was like, oh, let me go check those out because we always kind of affirmations and that kind of self helpy sort of thing. I'm always cracking on Kayla. I was. I come from the school of rub some dirt on it, quit crying, and get back to work. Kind of, kind of an attitude. So I think they're kind of funny. But these are supposed to be funny to a certain degree. So. Yeah, it says um, fifty affirmation cards to help you. Wait to help, to help you help yourself without the self helpiness. Right. <laughs> so that was really hard to say. So, um, that was a tongue twister. But yeah. So I'm just gonna pull a card and and read it. Yeah. And see what happens. Um, ego. That's what it says. When my selfish ego rears its ugly, screaming little head, I calmly toss it a Xanax and ask it to leave me alone. I'm a big, generous person, and in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if someone else gets credit for my idea. Because at the end of the day, when you really stop and think about it, the idea might end up being bad, and then they'll have to take the fall. So there. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminded me of, um, what is that from SNL? The deep thoughts. Oh, yeah. Like a Jack Candy. <laughs> Jack Candy book my brother used to have. Yeah. That's funny. Kayla, do you want to grab one? Yes. You get to pull from the deck of cards. Kayla's moving her microphone. We're going She's standing up and walking across the studio We're with gonna... her headphones on. We're going to see. She's got the cord. This has disaster written all over it. Oh, her picking this card out and then reading it. <laughs> she back oh. to her chair. Maneuvered. This might be a new segment. Aww. Oh, that's a meerkat. I thought it was Biscotti. <laughs> <laughs> she does look like a meerkat. Uh, value. Oh, I am a valuable member of my team and I bring a unique component to this job. I will not accept any self-conscious doubts about whether or not I belong here and all inner questions about my own worth must be submitted in writing. Then subsequent, subs- subsequently, thank you, burned in a tire fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. That's fun. I like it. Okay, good. Well, we can start. We can do that on and off throughout the throughout this year. I think that there is actually yeah. Well, there's also like five other decks that I just didn't buy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So thanks, Santa. Thanks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question. Question from the web. What are some good strategies to engage with open house visitors? Do you have any tips that have helped you convince visitors to consider you as their buyer's agent? So... I have a vision of the future where open houses don't exist anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, okay. I am of the opinion that at an open house, you're really not going to convince somebody to work with you as 
their buyer's agent and that you're there just to get their contact info and follow up with them. And in the follow-up, you will ask them questions and they will earn or they will learn that you are a professional, that you are responsive, and that if they have a real estate need, that you would be the right person to work with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's my thoughts. So now. yeah, so so don't when this this uh, listener or um, convince visitors to consider you as their buyer agent at what well, it will they're talking about engaging at the open house. What you're saying, and what I know you have your buyers agents do is your goal isn't to get your goal. You have one goal while you're at that open house, and that's to get every single person who walks through their door their email address and their phone number and their name, and that's your goal. Number one priority. And I think that maybe somebody might have misunderstood what I said. I don't mean you don't ask for the business. It sounded like I I meant just like you just are there and you just do things and then they just want to work with you. I don't mean that, (laughs) but I mean you, you act professional, you get their contact information so that you can actually talk to them because at the open house, it's, you barely have any time usually to have a conversation with someone to, to convince them to work with you, to show them why there's value there. So you really just need their information. But if you have the rare opportunity where somebody is there for a lengthy amount of time, you're just going to ask them a bunch of questions about what they're looking for. And I don't mean the house itself. I mean, like, you know, what areas of town are you looking in? What's got you thinking about buying a home? Um, have you talked to a mortgage person? How will you be paying for this? You own another house that you need to sell or are you renting in the area? How long have you lived in this town? Like I could go on and on and on. You're just asking questions, getting to know them. And then you might say, how have you been looking at houses? And they would say, we've just been going to open houses. Oh, okay. So no one sat you down yet to do a private consultation to really understand what you're looking for and help you find a home. No. What's that about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then that would be an opportunity to then ask, go ahead and ask for the appointment. But it's just rare that that actually happens. So engaging with them at the open house is as simple as saying hello, being professional and getting the contact. Being info. a human being. Being a human being, not a robot. Not a robot, not ner- nervous and just talking to people as a human being and, then and, I can, will, and, and, and making a connection. And I will say, so... We've had in the past, we've had people who've come up with ideas of things to do at open houses. And I always like, I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to say any specific ideas, but I will. Um, But people will want to do something like, hey, what if we have like a a quiz that we ask people Mm -hmm. at the open house um, about the neighborhood? You came up with an idea that nobody else has ever thought of. Well, hold on. Let's take one of your ideas as a six-month-old agent and Stop. and implement them. What did you're a genius? How would have, how did you come up with such an idea? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that um, I've had people come to me with ideas, and because I don't want to squash their little dreams, sometimes and I choose my battles. I'll say, sure, that sounds good, <laughs> and then. You'll go out and do it and realize that nobody cares about anything at all except to see the house. That's why they're there. So what can you do to engage with them is more about what can you do to provide value for them? So other things you could give them at the open house besides getting their contact information, you could give them a list of other open houses in the area. And I know what's going through your head right now is why would I give them a list of other places where there's other agents? Just trust in the fact that no one else is going to call them tomorrow like you are. 
Right. And if you do your follow up right, it won't matter. What is it? How many? How many times we have to bring up the the percentage? How much? What's the percentage of of um? Was it two percent of the agents do ninety percent of the business or something like that? Oh well, no, it's probably it? it's probably the eighty twenty rule. It's like right, like eighty percent of the business is, is done, done by twenty percent. Right. I think so, I just saw though that that two hundred agents are going to do like I don't know most of the real estate. Yeah, like ninety percent. Right. Yeah. So it's like you think about that. You want to be a good agent. Just do the follow up. Because chances are they went to four other open houses and those are all four jabronis who aren't going to, who don't know what they're doing <laughs> and, the, and they're not going to do the follow up and they don't, you know what I mean? So well, it's like, just do the job, get their contact information, follow up with them. If they're hot that day or the next day, even if it's on a Saturday, call them on a Sunday. You don't get a hold of them. You call them on Monday. You don't get a hold of them. You call them on Tuesday. You don't get a hold of them. You call them on I'm Wednesday. I'm going to make Pat my sales you do manager. That, you do that because the other person isn't doing that. He's and like that's a, how you get them. He's like a military guy. He's like, you do this and I do this. It's not, it's the job itself. That part of the job is not hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to be disciplined to do it. Of course. Yeah. The job itself is not hard to wrap your brain around. It's it's actually sitting and doing the job and having the commitment and the dedication and the uh follow through. The follow through, all of those things. And the, the, the that's that's the the difficult part that you have to seek your best to do. <laughs> oh yeah, we're listening to Seeking the Best. This is our podcast where we seek out the best in ourselves and overcome the personal and professional hurdles. Hey guys, game. remember to rate and review us. <laughs> No, but listen, I was doing it without looking. I, I know. was trying to show you. Yeah, it you're, was yeah. really good. I'm your host, Catherine Stelgis. And across from me is my co-host, Kayla Boundy. Hello. And our other co-host, sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. Thanks for listening to the end. Al- almost Although to we, the end. Almost to the end. But anyways, okay. Back to the um, the open house thing. What I was saying about in- engaging is, is it's really about... Um, asking questions that's how you engage and then providing value with if you're going to give them anything you could give them neighborhood information and or other houses that are around and then that's a good reason um i think when you follow up with them the next day if you didn't know anything about them but you knew that you gave them an open house list well then you automatically have something to talk to them about right did you go to any of those other open houses what'd What'd you you think think? what'd you think about the other open-ended questions yeah yeah let them talk so be a note, human. Note that that we should put that back on the list of things to do. Her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, that's my thoughts on that. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Small win. Anybody got one? I, biscotti, really, biscotti knows it's the end of the podcast. Yeah, she, she starts hearing the the wrap ups and the small wins, and she gets up. <laughs> I think um, small win is just I feel like uh, good about the year, and that really happens. that's not a small win. <laughs> Kayla, do you have a small win? You think about it for a minute. Kat. Uh, well, Buffalo won. Oh no, that is not a small win. It's an extreme win. You're right. <laughs> it's big win because um, it was a Patriots. Anyways, small win is. Well, we had a short week last week because of the the Christmas holiday, mm-hmm. um, and I felt as though the first year this is the first year where I felt like I executed and didn't get any like permission or confirmation from you when it comes to the out of office emails, the the holiday email 
for the active clients and um, the holiday edition event that we have going on right now. So for me, that was a small win because I didn't get any validation. Because what? I didn't get any validation. I didn't need it. I felt confident. (laughs) Okay. You mean, you mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding what validation. What do you mean? You mean you didn't get, nobody said good job? No. Or you didn't need any input to execute oh, okay. it. Like, oh, okay. Normally I bring it to like a 9.5. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. You, you mean you it. had the, the somebody, get, you, you got the task to do it and then you could go out and just feel confident enough to just do it. To do I it. am yes. going to give her a hard time though. Okay, let's do it. Let's give her a hard time. <laughs> we got, the, the we two, got a few minutes. We got a few minutes before the end of the year, so let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's wrap it let's, up. Uh, no, you slacked me at one point and said like the active client email is ready and I slacked you back and I said, do I need to review it? And I said no when I hit send. Yeah, I, I did. I was like, I was like, do I need to look at this thing? It shouldn't be that difficult. It's, it wasn't, no. <laughs> it's just a copy of last year's, right? I'm it really saying. is. <laughs> it really is. But there's always something that I miss. And I don't think I missed anything for this one. I hope not. Good stuff. Good Kat, no, you have a real one now? I mean, I thought that that was... What? That you... It's at the end of the year? <laughs> it's the end of the year. Did you bake so anything? You know what? I did make, I think I mentioned this last time though. Did I? I don't know. Who cares? Um, I did make uh, some Bailey's bonbons. Yeah, you did, I think. Did I talk about this? Yeah, we talked about how I, you didn't have time and so um, to oh, do I everything. Did. Well, yeah. right. We recorded one without you. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, so I did. And then I also, my, my small win that I'm just going to reuse now is that I was okay with the fact that I didn't get them out to anyone. And I was like, whatever, we'll just eat 50 bonbons because I didn't get them packaged the way I wanted to. Yeah. And I was at peace with it. And honestly, that's a small win to be remembered because that is you can usually go, you're just so like, oh, I got to get Well, this you out. get all yeah. bent out of shape over something that doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. Did you know, anyone notice that no. they didn't get the bonbons? No, they nobody, didn't even know nobody, I made them. Yeah. Nobody cared. Yeah. Because no one knew. Yeah, you didn't no, say, hey, guys. I've got some desserts for you. Wait until you taste these desserts. I'm going to bring them to you next week. You're going to be blown away and then not bring them. Yeah. That's then there's an issue. But when nobody even knew that anything was going to happen, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No no big deal. Good job. And then my small win is Christmas is over. Okay, Scrooge. (laughs) And, And I am... We we traveled. We went to, to a couple different places. There are people at our house a couple different times. You're exhausted. And I am just, I, uh, I like my routine <laughs> and I'm ready to get back to it. We got one more thing and it's to put these decorations away in a couple weeks and uh, and then I can get back to my... Regular schmegular. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds lame, doesn't it? It's a little bit. I know. I get I, it though. I, I get it. Yeah. Routines are important. I like it. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website, unseekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at Seek the Best Pod. And for Cat Kale and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>